Hello and welcome to End Goals, an LCMS Youth Ministry podcast. I'm host Reverend Mark Kiesling and I'm with DCE Juliana Schultz. We're here to bring parents, church workers, and lay leaders discussions and resources to help your youth ministry meet its end goal, which is young people who are disciples of Jesus Christ for life. Today, we're going to talk about the role of apologetics and Christian education for youth ministry. We have started a series on apologetics. In our last episode, we dove into worldview. Um, great conversations, mm-hmm. uh, way to get us started. And then uh, we all have uh, a worldview. These worldviews collide in classrooms and social media and personal relationships. So if you remember from our last episode, mm-hmm. if you haven't listened, you maybe go back and do that. Uh, worldview is a framework uh, which used to make sense of the world and our place in it. Uh, uh, Dr. Ali's talked about it being our our map, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Um, scripture gives us the one true worldview that grounds us in God's creative and redemptive work and tells us his will to live as his beloved creatures. So th- today we're going to be talking about apologetics again. So Juliana, you mentioned last episode that you would study apologetics or use apologetics with your youth. What did that look like? It looked like a couple of different things because I, I did it differently with my middle schoolers mm-hmm. than I did with my high schoolers mm-hmm. and particularly with my older high schoolers. Um, but we, uh, I think we mentioned, I used uh, Dr. Ali's book, um, Life's Big, big Questions, question. God's mm-hmm. Big Answers, mm-hmm. I think is the name of the book. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, went through that, kind of helped them to understand what does a, what is a worldview, what kind of things make up their worldview, um, what questions are they still filling in the answers for. Mm-hmm. Uh, we talked through different world religions. So we would do sections where we mm-hmm. talk about world religions, um, even talking about different denominations. That way, as they're talking to friends, they had mm-hmm. kind of an understanding of other people's worldview. Mm-hmm. But often, and, and this is just maybe a personal preference, I I love when adolescents are learning how to formulate arguments. Mm-hmm. And so even on times where we weren't necessarily talking about apologetics, helping them to be critical thinkers, right, right. <laughs> um, even sometimes taking an oppositional stance, um, one that I, I knew was maybe something they would hear and making them form the argument mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and talking through those things or um, uh, really just uh, helping them to do activities that made them think through objections right. and how to respond. Um, even if we weren't necessarily specifically talking about what we would say like apologetics mm-hmm. curriculum, mm-hmm. Uh, I thought was really helpful. So those are just a few of the ways that, that I did it back in the in the parish. Some of those great ways to even develop some of those, maybe what you might call soft skills for a young yeah. person as they're maturing, starting to think through things critically, starting to understand the world in which they live that they're being sent out into. Sure. Um, be able to yeah. have those like mature conversations um, and be able to introduce some things too, learning along the way. Uh, that are, are awesome as they mature. So we're going to, again, spend some time of talking about maybe taking a step back to where we started last week and talk about apologetics. Um, and so join us today to discuss the role of apologetics is DCE Faith Spellbring. Faith is an independent sales director for Mary Kay Cosmetics and lives with her husband, Chris, and four children in Belleville, Illinois. Faith has a bachelor's degree in religious education with a youth ministry emphasis from Concordia University in Irvine. She has a master's degree in theology and wrote her thesis on sharing Christ online. She is also a fellow of the Academy of Christian Apologetics, Evangelism, and Human Rights in Strasbourg, France. She served as a DCE in campus ministry at UCLA, was also a guest lecturer, and worked for Lutheran Hour Ministries and as the executive director of Lutheran Association of Mission Agencies. She and Chris relocated to the Midwest for Chris to study at Concordia Seminary in St. Louis. And following Chris's graduation from the seminary, they lived again in California and then settled in Belleville, where Chris serves as a pastor. Faith, welcome to the podcast, and it's great to have you in the studio with us today. Thank you so much. This is fun. 
Well, we got to hear, maybe not so briefly, about your bio, but tell us more about your vocations, your roles in ministry, and things that bring you joy. Uh, my very first role in ministry was um, being a DCE at UCLA. We had a campus ministry there, and uh, that was 100% college ministry. Yeah. We were on campus all the time. Um, my hours were, you know, uh, noon to midnight <laughs> most uh. days, um, and um, it was it was fantastic. I think that is really my training ground for apologetics, right there. Um, to go from Concordia University, Irvine, where we had rigorous theological mm-hmm. conversation and the the debates we held, you know, mm-hmm. were were uh, maybe uh, baptism and communion, those sorts of things among the student body. And then enter UCLA, uh, where the conversations quickly turned to, um, is there even a God at all? Mm-hmm. Um, if they were conversations, sometimes they were just accusations or uh, ridicules or um, total confusion or uh, sort of, a, oh, cool, that's good for you mm-hmm. in, in your faith and then moving on to any other topic. So uh, it was it was quite eye-opening to see what our Lutheran students and, and Christian students uh, butted up against mm-hmm. when they were in mm-hmm. the in the classrooms and in the dorm rooms. And so um, that was the most spectacular. It was hard. Right. It was hard ministry, but it was amazing. So yeah, that was, UCLA was, whoo, mm-hmm. that's where um, I realized that the first thing I, I learned as a new DCE was I need to learn more. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Um, I, mm-hmm. I, called up one of my old professors and I was like, I have got to figure out how to help these students um, navigate this craziness that they're coming up against. And so um, I said, where do I go? What do I do? What do I study? I looked into a couple programs and he goes, you go to France. And I'm like, oh, wow. bummer. <laughs> right. I have to oh, that's go. That's one of the hardest oh, assignments awful. I've ever had. <laughs> oh, nuts. All right, I'm on a plane. And uh, it was fantastic. Um, but the academy there, for the entire year you study, you read uh, in advance of your two-week intensive trainings. Wow. And then I went for two weeks to France and um, sat among other people who were trying to figure out how do we communicate Mm -hmm. God's truth? How do we defend it when it's being attacked? Um, How do we not always, you know, it, it, people can come at us in the faith really abrasively, Mm -hmm. um, but they can also come at us really kindly, Mm -hmm. almost Mm -hmm. like you don't even realize it's happening Mm -hmm. until your radar goes up going, wait a minute. Mm -hmm. Um, there, there, it's like a wolf in sheep's clothing. Almost. I think we have to be ready for, for everything. And I, I really enjoyed being around people who understood that and, and challenged me and, and, forced me to sort of think a little broader, deeper, crazier than I ever had before. And it really helped give me a, a stronger footing when I was entering campus. Sure. So I could walk a little prouder and realize <laughs> I could hear their attacks. I'm like, ooh, I can spot that. I can spot that now. Mm-hmm. I, I know what you're doing there mm-hmm. and I know what to do about it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So um, that was really helpful. And to be able to build up our students so that when they, so that they could hear with, mm-hmm. with really intelligent ears mm-hmm. when, uh, bad arguments mm-hmm. that were coming at them, mm-hmm. and why? Why is mm-hmm. what they they knew what uh, what uh, maybe a professor or a student was saying didn't flesh with what they knew to be true about mm-hmm. the Lord, but they didn't necessarily know why or mm-hmm. what to do about mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. So we got to kind of knock around in some of those topics and 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 things there. So that was fantastic. And when my husband went to seminary, 
you know, his call was probably the only thing that could have pulled me away from that amazing <laughs> yeah, ministry. Right. Um, but I believed that the, what the Lord was doing with him. And, mm-hmm. and so we left there and, and then the Lord plunked me in Lutheran Hour Ministries uh, where they were able to take what um, that training that I had received, um, you know, on the front lines at UCLA. And um, they had me leading regional outreach conferences. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So then we went um, all around North America doing conferences that would equip people how to share your faith. Mm -hmm. So evangelism training and then how to defend it when it was Mm -hmm. um, questioned. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, So that was pretty fantastic as well. Mm -hmm. So, so then we, it removed me from the front lines a little bit, but then we were training the troops and that was also another fun take Mm -hmm. on um, the apologetics field. Um, After that, um, when I started working with the association of Lutheran mission agencies, I got to see how the Lord is working and spreading his gospel in so many different cultures Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. all over the globe. Mm -hmm. And um, we got to experience and and help um, different agencies, some who are working with children, some who are working in Bible translation, some who um, are um, uh, working with missionaries all over and really help equip them so that they could take this even global. So. Mm -hmm the Lord has kind of gotten me in many different directions <laughs> and it's been such a joy and privilege. It's awesome and to do that out of the response of the desire to equip Christians to defend the faith or to, and to know that confidence that we have um, because of what God's done for us in Jesus and, and the truth in his word and to be able to study other areas of expertise as well and to be able to see God still working through that. One of the things that we love to do when guests come on the show is talk a little bit about your experience maybe in youth ministry as a youth. Um, maybe tell us a little bit about either experiences or people that were really key in your life and keeping you connected to Christ Church or in your faith walk with Jesus. Yeah. You know, my dad is a pastor and my mom was our volunteer DC. So um, I'm we sure they would understand this. Uh, yes. I think they would probably love to take credit for any good thing I've done and, uh-huh. um, and totally wash their hands of anything that I would need to apologize for. Um, but I, honestly, they are, they are pretty huge in that. Um, I think my my dad saw kind of a, what the Lord was doing with me and kind of twisting up my heart a little bit mm-hmm. and really giving me um, sort of the feels mm-hmm. for people knowing Jesus mm-hmm. um, at a younger age. So I was given a lot of responsibility mm-hmm. as, mm-hmm. as a mm-hmm. youth. I actually think that's probably why mm-hmm. I've made some of the career choices mm-hmm. I've made, mm-hmm. why I ultimately went into church work. Um, I think the the... Yeah, being I had keys to my church. Right, right. Um, and and I wasn't the only. It wasn't just because I was a pastor's kid. Yeah. My sisters did not have keys to the church. <laughs> right. um, but he saw something in me, mm-hmm. and he fed it mm-hmm. young, and that could have gone really badly mm-hmm. for him. But mm-hmm. um, he showed me how to turn on all the sound machine because mm-hmm. he knew I loved to sing and mm-hmm. and worship and and help lead worship. And so he showed me how to turn it on and how to turn it off mm-hmm. and how to lock the doors when mm-hmm. I was done, and I could go practice. Mm-hmm. And he gave me just. I could just go do that. I could open up the church and go pray mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and just pour my heart out at the foot of the altar. Who gets to do that? Mm-hmm. That's just such mm-hmm. a, it was such a, a blessing. Um, so I think given, I was given responsibility mm-hmm. young in the faith. Mm-hmm. I was I was given the opportunity to help lead in our youth group. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember our youth group actually um, attending a voters meeting, you know, awesome. when new hymnals were coming out <laughs> and we got to um, ask our congregation to get that maroon hymnal um, awesome. because we wanted, we wanted to be on the forefront of what our church body was mm-hmm. doing. Mm-hmm. So it was, it was neat. We, the congregation I think was really supportive of, of the youth and 
you know, we would do wheelchair races in the hallway and we accidentally tore the side of a wall open once because we collided <laughs> and uh, no one yelled at us. Yeah. No one yelled at us. No one scolded us. They were just like, I'll get the spackle in the drywall. <laughs> um, and I think what that made us just feel like, okay, we can, we can mess up here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they're just going to love us. Mm-hmm. So I think those were really important. Just as a refresher for the audience and for us, uh, how do we define apologetics? Um, and why uh, did you get interested into this? You talked a little bit about this already. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so apologetics. Um, first of all, it's not a cognate. Mm-hmm. So I, I I love Spanish. I took Spanish a lot. And um, a, lo- a great way... Uh, Spanish was very easy to me because there are lots of cognates. There are lots of words that sound the same, like um, telefono, it's telephone. Mm-hmm. It was kind of easy to pick up a lot of it. Well, um, one day I was supposed to translate, I am embarrassed. So I said, estoy embarazada, because it sounded like embarrassed. It means pregnant. <laughs> so everybody laughed in the entire class, except for me, because I didn't know the word, obviously. <laughs> um, but it's not a cognate. Um, embarrassada. I can't tell you what the right word is for embarrassed, but I was whatever that is. Um, So when you hear apologetics, you think of apology, apologize. Mm -hmm. That's not the case. Um, It's it's a defense Mm -hmm. to give a defense uh, for your faith. Um, So that is apologetics, just to be able to defend yourself when Mm -hmm. it's questioned. And again, sometimes it's friendly questioning. Sometimes Mm -hmm. people really honestly Mm -hmm just don't understand mm-hmm. the Christian faith and have questions and give you the what ifs. Well, but what about this? But what about this? Mm-hmm. But what about this? But what if this? And you can, um, apologetics is a tool that you can use to answer the objections. Mm-hmm. Now, sometimes those objections are going to come strongly. Well, you only believe this because, of, you know, whatever. Or all you Christians say this, or you guys are such hip- hypocrites because of this. And I'm not giving you guys examples, I know. But um, so apologetics can be used in friendly friendly conversation or in hostile conversation. Um, I never start with apologetics. When I'm sharing mm-hmm. my faith, mm-hmm. I don't start mm-hmm. there. Right. It's a tool I use when needed. Mm-hmm. So if someone wants to know, like, why do you believe in the Bible? I don't start, lay in on them <laughs> all of the reasons we can trust the authority of scripture. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what's the Bible about? Mm-hmm. I just tell them what's in the Bible. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. Um, you know, I might give them some history of where it came from, but then when they question, like, mm-hmm. well, yeah, but weren't those just kind of like, mm-hmm didn't the Bible just sort of have like errors, like when they were copying it, errors crept into the Bible, then you employ your apologetics. Mm-hmm. Then I can tell them, actually, it's not like you're talking to Siri and she misspells half mm-hmm. your words. That's not how the Bible was mm-hmm. copied mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, back back then. And we can talk about um, how the careful transmission of scripture, the careful um, translations and all that sort of a thing, um, where that came from and how we can, trust mm-hmm. the the reliability of scripture. It, so it's a tool you pull out when you need to as you're sharing the gospel and um, explaining it and defending it when necessary. Great. And so you certainly talk about being in college ministry drove yes. you into looking into apologetics. You talk about now like even importance for that can be brought up for our younger students and youth. Where have you recently used maybe apologetics in teaching younger people? Absolutely. Yeah. 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 So we used apologetics in a college ministry setting, um, sort of like you're in the middle of a war and Mm -hmm. you realize you need to learn how to shoot a gun. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. someone takes you over um, like around a 
uh, in a safe area, bullets are flying and they're like, okay, first you have to cock it like this and then you have to take off the safety and then you have to do this. So that's that's kind of like how I felt when we were at UCLA. Mm -hmm. Learning apologetics while under fire. Mm -hmm. um, if you back up and you can actually help high schoolers, high schoolers are already under fire too, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, okay? Mm -hmm. But they're younger, they're still in the home. Mm -hmm, they're still mm -hmm. predominantly, hopefully, maybe sometimes if we're lucky, coming to church, mm -hmm. um, hopefully with their parents, So, um, but sometimes not. Getting them even younger, mm -hmm. um, we have started teaching apologetics to our brand new confirmants. Okay. Mm -hmm. Soon as we're done with confirmation, I actually would love to even weave it through the rest of Sunday school as well. Yeah. Um, but uh, in Sunday school, we're teaching people that the Bible is true. And um, during confirmation, yeah. we teach them the, the theology that's in it. And then right after confirmation, now we're teaching them why we can say it's true mm -hmm. and believe it. Mm -hmm. The Holy Spirit gives us faith and he gives us actually faith in something. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And because it's true, we're going to be able to find reasons for it. We're going to be able to find um, history that backs it up, archaeology that backs it up. We're going to be able to um, see non-Christian sources mm -hmm. talk about what's in the Bible, even not believing it, but at least they're confirming that these events happened and that people claimed certain things way back when. And those aren't additions to scripture later. Mm -hmm. So um, post-confirmation, we are doing, and we're doing um, Enduring Faith Confirmation Curriculum, mm -hmm. uh, the 30 Lessons Apologetic Study. Great. That's what I have been teaching year after year to our post-confirmants. Okay, okay. So, and then you confirm eighth grade, so you're talking early high school and through high school then age-wise. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. So I yep. teach uh, mostly eighth graders and freshmen in high school. Okay. Awesome. Great. Wow. Great. And so I I think everyone would uh, agree with you that like me and it seems like even high schoolers now and, and even younger are mm -hmm. really getting into the the weeds of of getting hit in battle as you kind yeah. of the metaphor you used um, with people with different worldviews and who are coming out with them a number of arguments. Where do you see as the can the proper role of apologetics in youth ministry and Christian education? I think one of the, the best um, benefits I've seen come from our students is that uh, when they're learning this in eighth grade, we have a mixture, um, a, a, a good number of our students are from our Lutheran school, mm -hmm. we, we go through eighth grade, but we also have um, the townies as well, the mm -hmm. kids who go to the public schools, all mixed together in our class. So that is actually really helpful. Sometimes they bring in more colorful conversations or they're nodding when they're when I let them know, you're, you're gonna hear this if you mm -hmm. haven't already, mm -hmm. and they nod. Mm -hmm. So um, I think that that's a really cool perspective. And um, uh, the, the best thing I've seen though is our kids our kids becoming even more solid in their faith. Mm -hmm. um, you know, the, I mean, th these are baptized kids. The they have the Holy Spirit. He has informed their hearts. He's, we're, we're, we're teaching them. Um, and when they get into some of this apologetics material, they realize, okay, people don't agree with us all the time. Some are nice about it, some are not. They know what to expect. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that way, when they get out into, you know, beyond our walls and they hear these things coming up, it doesn't shock them. Mm -hmm. Their church warned them right, right, <laughs> that this would right. happen. Yeah. So when it does, they were like, oh, my church was right. Mm -hmm. And because we've talked about some of these issues, they know that we have um, resources to help mm -hmm. them. Mm -hmm. So for our kids, number one, they're getting much more solid in the why 
mm-hmm. why we believe what we believe. Mm-hmm. Um, not just that we believe it, but why we can be confident in that faith we have. Um, and then second, it's it's preparing them to continually come back to their church mm-hmm. to have these sorts of important conversations. Um, they, you know, I'm warning them that people are going to tell them that their Bible's full of errors. Right. Um, we tell them that they're going to they're going to tell you you're crazy for believing in a six day creation. Um, we told them that they're going to hear uh, about old Earth creation ideas, even from Christian people. That they're going to hear um, not just microevolution but macroevolution. Mm-hmm. We're going to tell them that a lot of what they learn in their science class is good. Mm-hmm. It's good and true, mm-hmm. and some of it is not. Mm-hmm. And how to tell the difference? Mm-hmm. Um, how to tell science that is science, and how to tell science that takes as much faith to believe as believing that a man rose from the dead. Um, so it's it's uh, it's preparing them for the world that they're going to come across and um, proving yourself to be a resource, a place where they can turn. We also affirm the fact that it's okay if you don't have it all figured mm-hmm, out. Right. It's okay to question, to uh, wrestle with your own doubts um, and what to do when those doubts do creep in. Um, there are there are times where I think to myself, man, you know what? If this isn't true, I have wasted my entire life. <laughs> my whole life has been devoted to sharing the gospel. And, you know, I think of those things too. I'm like, if Christ be not raised from the dead, mm-hmm. my faith is in vain. And so is my entire life, my whole mm-hmm. career. Mm-hmm. Um, thank God though. That it is true, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. So um, it's okay to have those weird thoughts pop into your brain, and and it's okay to not understand, not get it. Be like, the science is so so sure in this moment. Mm-hmm. How can we, as Christians, disagree with the science? Um, it's okay to wrestle with that, mm-hmm. um, and to be kind of confused, and to hold that intention. I, I let them know you're going to be confused the rest of your life. Right. None of us adults have it all figured out. Right. Right. Um, and it's going to be with relationships with people, with your faith, with um, uh, choices people make, with with things that you're learning at work. I mean, it's going to happen all the time. Um, and that's all right. Mm-hmm. And and the, the we, 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 and I, I really try to explain what do we do in those moments? And I try mm-hmm. to pull it out from them. Where do we go mm-hmm. when when we're conflicted? Mm-hmm. And I try to make sure that they're, they're, they know the answer. We drive right back to scripture. We go right back into God's word to find out his truth um, about his world that he created for us to live in. And um, yeah, and that his people can help resource them for the rest of their mm-hmm. lives. Mm-hmm. Yep. How do you see it? Um, we live obviously in a very divided world. This can come across as just being another place where we're going to be divided, or what's our attitude towards apologetics? How do how do how do kids take on that? Maybe or what? Do, how do you approach that in terms of even around forming an argument or how that engages in conversation? Um, any thoughts on that in terms of how we argue? I, or I guess defend. What's what's our posture in defending maybe the faith? Any takes the takeaways that come from that in general apologetics work? Right. Well, you know, when you when you think about arguing, we are arguing, not angrily fighting, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but argue. We're, we're we're putting forth assertions and backing them up mm-hmm. with with the facts as we know them, mm-hmm. just like hopefully our opponents would do. Mm-hmm. And we ap- approach those conversations with um, humility, mm-hmm. charity. Um, you know, First Peter. Uh, 315 says, always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you for uh, for the reasons that you mm-hmm. hope, for the hope that you have, right? But it also says we do this 
with gentleness mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and respect. Mm-hmm. So that is something we also try to instill in our kids. You can be very passionate mm-hmm. about what you believe and you can share it passionately, but at the end of the day, your goal is not to win an argument. Mm-hmm. Your goal is to win a human, mm-hmm. win their respect, re- win a hearing for the gospel. Mm-hmm. That's what we're trying to do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We're trying to clear away with apologetics, false stumbling blocks things that will trip people up so that they don't ever consider the really important thing about Christianity, Jesus and what he is for you. Mm-hmm. So we get, Satan is so, so sly. Mm-hmm. He, right. he wraps us around lots of axles yep. and puts a lot of pitfalls in our path. So uh, like on our path to the cross, I actually draw on the board uh, a straight line, like it's a ground all the way. And then I draw a cross mm-hmm. and then I draw little divots in the ground. And I tell them that all of these different reasons why people have a hard time trusting the Bible or considering Christianity, um, they're false stumbling blocks. Mm -hmm. For example, how can there be a good God Mm -hmm. if there's so much evil in the world? The problem of evil, Mm -hmm. that's one, Mm -hmm. pitfall. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. so people can get so tripped up on that that they never even consider Jesus. They never consider the sacrifice he made Uh, for them, that there is forgiveness and love in their creator, uh, savior, sustainer God, um, because they they can't, they just, their eyes are focused on this divot in the ground that is tripping them up on their path. Um, Another divot could be what we we talked about earlier, scripture, and Mm -hmm. and can we really trust it? Oh, can we trust Mm -hmm. this Bible who Mm -hmm. had so many authors over so many years? Um, Another might be creation and evolution. Mm-hmm. Another might be some of our theological points that offend people mm-hmm. today mm-hmm. when it mm-hmm. comes to marriage, sexuality, mm-hmm. gender identity. All these things are are trip people up so that they never give Jesus consideration. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The blessing of apologetics is that it sweeps away these false stumbling blocks. Mm-hmm. Um, we can't paper over them. Right. We can't just right. like spread out a carpet and be like, pretend they don't <laughs> exist. Just walk over and get to Jesus already. We, we do have to deal with some mm-hmm. of these things, um, but we can through apologetics. So people understand, listen, that is not, this thing you're tripped up on is not a reason not to consider who Jesus is and what he's done for you. Mm-hmm. So we address the issues that are blocking people from the cross, blocking people from the gospel. Um, in a, in order that they get closer to actually taking a peek. Mm-hmm. So we're trying to earn a hearing for the gospel. Mm-hmm. So um, in apologetics, I think that's that is so great for our kiddos. They be, they're becoming stronger in their own faith. Mm-hmm. They're ready to hear the world's views of their faith, mm-hmm. and they know mm-hmm. they can turn back to their church to deal with it. Sure, that's got to be obviously eye-opening. Like you said, I mean, even going back to your uh, connection between maybe public school kids, Lutheran school kids already have that amongst a peer group, uh, but be prepared for that. So it's not such a shock. I mean, I know one thing that we always lament when we did the research on those that had left the church was those who would maybe go to college and just hear one argument. That was a good argument, maybe against the faith, but like then to not have the resources to be able to say, like you said, I've heard that before. I'm prepared for this. That's, that's that my, my faith doesn't have to fall apart like a house of cards over that. And so that they're prepared for that. And, and either that through relationships, they would come back to the church first or they would have knowledge for that. I think it's just a beautiful thing to prepare young people for that, of the reality of the world in which we live. Yeah. Um, you know, one one additional thing on that, it's a slight tangent, I hope you don't mind, just no. from a college ministry girl, mm-hmm. but preparing them young mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. to um, handle what they're going to face once they are beyond their parents' yeah. mm-hmm. um, right. home it, right. is super important. I would take it a step farther. I would say wherever your kids go to school, be they your youth kids or your own personal children, um, help them find a faith family yeah. wherever they mm-hmm. go. Mm-hmm. Um, do some research in advance. We are actually considering colleges right now. We got a couple mm-hmm. years yet, <laughs> but I, you better yeah. believe I'm right. looking for right. Lutheran campus ministries that I can tuck them into wherever they go. And we will be making a choice of colleges based on who can support their faith Mm -hmm. better. Um, We are looking at um, some of our Concordias. Mm -hmm. We're also looking at some public schools just because of the career choices Mm -hmm. my my kiddos are considering. Mm -hmm. And um, we will not, I will not, my kids don't want to go because we've talked uh, uh, to them about this before, but they don't want to go to a place where their faith isn't going to be strengthened, where they they aren't going to have some support underneath them. So I, you can actually look on the LCMS website and find University Lutheran chapels mm-hmm. that are there that exist to support your kiddos. Um, and uh, so help them, take them. When you drop right. them off in school, make sure you're hitting a weekend, <laughs> right. introduce them yes. <laughs> uh, to the, the church workers. Make sure that the, the church workers at their college ministry have their cell phone number because mm-hmm. we will follow up with mm-hmm. them and it will take following up with mm-hmm. the vast majority of mm-hmm. youth to mm-hmm. actually get them to wake up, mm-hmm. heaven forbid, early on a Sunday mm-hmm. morning when mm-hmm. it's their weekend. Um, even even those the faithful kiddos have a hard time getting sure. up, waking up. All of a sudden in college, it becomes so much harder yeah. to wake up. But um, yeah, so tucking them into a ministry that can support them, that's ready for the for the battlefield that they could, their faith is going to undergo, um, especially if they're going to a public school. Um, one other thing though, when, when they're still under our roofs, even if they're going to a Lutheran school, um, because of digital technology, they have access right. to a world, an unending world of other perspectives on life, on gender, on morals, on, um, uh, you know, take half of anything good that we would want to instill into our kids, they have access to the exact opposite Mm -hmm. um, and disgusting things, absolutely disgusting, evil things are already right there in their pocket, in in their belt bag or whatever they're carrying these days. Um, They have access to this already. And the vast majority of our Lutheran school kids already have um, these sort, these uh, non-Christian ideals and ideas and theologies mm-hmm. dumping into their mind. Mm-hmm. So when I'm, I, I've noticed actually a, a difference post-COVID mm-hmm. um, yeah. that kids are actually bringing up arguments more than they used to. They're bringing up arguments against Christianity and just say, well, how would you handle this? Not that they're buying into them necessarily mm-hmm. yet, but they've heard them. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So they're, they're, they're becoming more aware of the world a mm-hmm. lot younger. Oh, for sure. Right. And, and like you said, just so exposed to so many different worldviews and sometimes in very, uh, in ways that they might not even recognize. And we talked about this a little in the last episode. So I'm a a youth leader. I'm listening to you. I'm like, yes, absolutely. Want to be teaching apologetics, uh, but maybe looking for like, what are some of those key topics that you uh, would, or fields that you would want to focus on, particularly teaching high school students in apologetics? Oh my goodness. Honestly, it's endless. You could really <laughs> sure. do a lot. Well, like if you like maybe some yeah. high points there for us. Um, you know, uh, my, my two favorites are, um, uh, the resurrection apologetics, mm-hmm. uh, in, especially in a world, um, you know, where 
dead things don't become alive again. That's a, 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 it's not repeatable. It's, you know, it's not science. Um, so miracles of the Bible, how, how can we believe that? How can we be so ridiculous as to believe these things happened that are impossible, um, that aren't science? Um, so that I think would be like, uh, yeah, I always like the resurrection. You could do all the miracles, Jonah and the whale, that sort of a thing. But, um, but I like to focus on the one that actually matters like to the person's like salvific level. So um, we want them to be saved. Jesus rising from the dead is super important. So I love resurrection apologetics. Um, when I was at the academy, he's not a Lutheran, but um, Gary Habermas uh, right. taught um, taught me, uh, you know, 13 different points that non-Christians will concede about the resurrection. And he goes, you only need like six to nine of them. Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then at, at, he said, you know, I, I was presenting these, uh, talking these over with a non-Christian friend of mine. And he got so flustered with me um, because he agreed with me on a lot of the points of the resurrection that people believed that they saw Jesus walking around afterward, that that they had experiences that made them believe that Jesus did this. And um, uh, he said that his non-Christian friend just said, fine, fine. I believe it. I believe he rose from the dead and I want nothing to do with Jesus. Mm-hmm. So at, at at some point, you know, we can't reason people to heaven. Right, right. They can agree with the with the data mm-hmm. and still mm-hmm. not right. believe. Mm-hmm. So the the we got to, you know, I mean, we don't have to give the Holy Spirit room to work. The Holy Spirit's going to take his mm-hmm. room to work because mm-hmm. that's how it works. But mm-hmm. um but we can continue to um, pour into it. So I, resurrection apologetics is probably one of my favorites. So Gary Habermas um, on that one, uh, the case for the resurrection, I think is a really mm-hmm. good book. Um, I also really love uh, a lawyer's perspective. I don't know why, if it's just my mind works like that. So Craig Parton mm-hmm. um, is uh, wonderful. The CPH published a book of his, um, The Defense Never Rests, mm-hmm. A Lawyer's Quest for the Gospel. Um, that was fantastic. I, I don't know if it's in print anymore. It wasn't, then it was back and I bought every single copy I could because <laughs> it's what I would give to people right. as gifts. Uh-huh. So when they were going away to college, that was the that's what they got from me as a gift. Um, I really do, uh, uh, the, the sciences, you have to focus on the sciences. Um, it's going to be there. I am not, as you clearly have heard, I am not a scientist. Um, we are actually tackling uh, the um, creation versus evolution right now in our apologetics class. And so I teach the curriculum and I've read the books mm-hmm. um, and it is not my jam, mm-hmm. but I just brought in three scientists from our church. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have two uh, we have an anatomy professor, a biology professor, and a medical doctor. Mm-hmm. So um, they're all good friends of mine and um, members. Of, we have resources in our right, church. Right, yeah. right. So um, I did vet my resources before just asking them to come in and talk because mm-hmm. um, I know Christians can hold uh, varying views. And I wanted to make sure mm-hmm. that, um, that you know, the pastor wouldn't get mad at me because um I live with him, so that would be really hard. Um, but we we had them come in and we did a panel discussion with them. And we I let the kids ask them anything they wanted. What was it like being a, a growing up and, and right. taking classes from you know studying right. under non Christian teachers? Did they ever? Did you ever like feel really weird with your faith in class? Was it ever questioned? Um, they talked about their their undergrad versus grad school experiences and then out in the world. And the, the kids said, you know, what do you do when you have to teach something? Because they teach in public schools. What do you do when you have to teach something that you don't believe? Yep. So they were very clear about, you know, we we say, uh, like one of them said, I, 
um, I acknowledge with my students there are lots of different views mm -hmm. on these sorts of things, the, mm -hmm. the beginning of the origins of the world. Mm -hmm. um, for this class, the, this is the material that we're going to be studying. You do not have to believe it. You do have to learn it. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so she couches it for, she kind of gives them permission mm -hmm. not to believe it, but but says we, we this is a science class and this is what science in our world t is teaching. And so you do have to know it. Mm -hmm. So they were honest. And there she said, there are sometimes when, when, um, when if a student asks, I will answer. Mm -hmm. But until they ask, you're really mm -hmm. not supposed to. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. um, it was wonderful. And then the medical doctor was able to tell our kiddos, you know, in the medical profession, we actually, we give leeway to people's faith. And that is a, a, an area, he said, a lot of doctors and nurses are Christians. Mm -hmm. He said, you you wouldn't necessarily think of it because it's the sciences, but in the medical field, you are walking people through some of the most horrific things that, that their physical bodies will ever have to deal with and their mental and emotional selves. He said, it, it draws people who are faithful because they care. Right. So he said, right. you'll actually have a right. lot of people like the doctors, they may not be able to talk to patients like this unless the patient asks. Um, some are more bold, I suppose. But the the he said the staff will actually say we need to pray for them because hmm. they acknowledge right. that might be their only hope. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So we we definitely have to pay attention to the sciences. Um, what one thing that I've done over the years. So it's been an, a number of years since I since my schooling over in France at the International Academy of Christian Apologetics, Evangelism, and Human Rights. It's the longest name on the <laughs> of a university on the planet. But um, so I go back to their website and I I get their book list mm. and I mm. I just what mm. are they reading? Yep. Some of them are tried and true and they're the same books I read back then. Some of them are new, newer yeah. books that have come out. So I think that um, you could actually, for those of you who went to a Concordia, um, call up the theology profs and yeah. say, hey, what are what are we reading these days on right. apologetics? Right. And find out what the best resources are now. So I always go back to my sources and figure out what are, they, what are the smart people reading mm -hmm. and read that. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, yeah, so I also really love C.S. Lewis, Mere Christianity, yeah. Yeah. The Problem of Pain. Um, Th these these are questions that are not new. New, right? We've been asking these some since the beginning of time. So um, I think C.S. Lewis's work is really um, really meaningful. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So those are some of the the places we we definitely would want to go to yeah. these days. Absolutely. One one thing I want to uh, have you talk about a little bit. I think you've touched on in different uh, parts of the conversation. Um, so if this makes sense, like maybe what are the the limits of apologetics? Maybe like if, if the youth leaders really wanted to dive into it, like what are some things to maybe be aware of that maybe we talk about, you know, keeping on, straight on the horse, not falling one way or to the other. What are some things that you've maybe learned through that education process or thinking of the individual student um, or whatever it might be that you might let youth leaders think about in terms of when they're diving into apologetics? Absolutely. Well, first of all, you can never argue anyone into the faith. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. We can't, um, our intellectual, I wish we could, right. um, our intellectual reasoning, we can never craft a great right. enough argument that will make someone believe. And, and, so, and so in that way too, like you're not setting up youth for disappointment that just because they get those facts, right? I mean, I think about right. Habermas's conversation yep. is that just even if they have the perfect argument, they may not get the results they're wanting because exactly. it's the work of the Holy Spirit. Right. That, yeah. And, yeah. and we, I actually start off every class letting them know, um, you nothing you could do could ever make someone a Christian. Mm -hmm. um, 
who the the it's the Holy Spirit's mm-hmm. work. Mm-hmm. Um, we can we can be a tool mm-hmm. for him to use. We can mm-hmm. be a tool for Satan, I guess, too. Mm-hmm. You know, if he's if we're uh, not uh, uh, handling these conversations with gentleness and respect. Mm-hmm. Um, but nothing you can do can uh, get someone into heaven. Uh, that the Holy Spirit isn't touching mm-hmm. and nothing you could do could get someone out of heaven that the Holy Spirit is informing. So right. take our, we got to take ourselves out of the equation a little bit. We are, we are being useful to our God. We are asked to be his witness. We are not asked to be perfect, his perfect witness. Mm-hmm. We're just asked to be a witness. We tell people what we know to be true mm-hmm. because he's our God and, and he loves us and he, and the Holy Spirit got to us. So we just, we share that. Okay, that's all God asks us to do. Beyond that, um, we we handle the our loved ones um, as best we can and answer questions and and put ourselves out there and share it, even though it's kind of scary. Uh, but yes, they they need to know that they do not have to give a perfect mm-hmm. witness um, in order to convey the faith properly. Mm-hmm. That even even tripping over uh, their words. And just saying, well, I, I believe and like not being able to answer any question beyond that is still a good witness mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because someone believes. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I think it's important for them to know mm-hmm. it. someone's faith is not going to like live or die with them. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, I think some of the, the limits of apologetics um, uh, are when we get too excited about the argument. I mentioned mm-hmm. that earlier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yep, right. We want to win people. We yep. want to we want to win a hearing for the gospel, yep. not the argument. Right. So um, that's, yeah. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. My goodness. Um, I'm thinking like a, a many conversations are flooding back to mind right <laughs> sure, now. Sure. Um, it, it, I think some of the limitations too, when we're talking about rational mm. ideas, mm-hmm. we can, we can rationalize lots of things, but our world is not always rational. Right. 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 Um, it, it's some things could make perfect sense and, and, people appeal more to emotion Mm -hmm. than, Mm -hmm. than logic. Mm -hmm. So even when um, uh, we are making logical arguments, it it may not work Mm -hmm. because people are, are more emotionally tied than they are rational sometimes. So I think them understanding just because you, even if you said it all right, it it could, yeah, Mm -hmm. that there is a, a a struggle there. Um, But I think, if we can um, employ um, some of this reasoning with kids so that they can um, spot bad arguments right. when they're coming right. and then know what to do um, with that bad argument. Um, so, uh, you know, if you're, if they're out at a party or something like that and someone brings up, you know, I got to go home, I got church in the morning and then they start taking heat because they're Christian. And what do you believe that stuff? This These are true stories, by the way. Um, and you say, yes, I believe that kind of stuff. And then they start asking questions and they say, well, how can you believe this because of X reason? And then you start to answer and they say, okay, but what about this? Okay, but what about this? And they just start piling all of the Mm -hmm. big heavy questions Mm -hmm. on. They don't really care about an answer. They just want to make you look stupid. They just want to keep you on the defensive. Uh, We call that a steamroller. How do you handle those? Equipping your, your kids to spot a bad argument or spot unfair argumentation and, and how to deal with it um, isn't even necessarily apologetics. This is just dealing with humans. Right, right. So a little bit too, just helping our, our kiddos uh, have a conversation that's an honest and wonderful conversation and what to do when it when it 
takes a nosedive. Mm-hmm. What to do when your your friends stop playing fair, stop playing nice, <laughs> um, and the, man, they're they're getting it from all sides, aren't they? Like just turn the news on. Right. Where? Whoa, my goodness. We there's the information is not presented in a way that is fair anymore. Right. Right. We don't just present the facts. We present a whole lot of other stuff along with it. So how do we snuff out the truth and and point out what is our logical fallacies, straw man arguments? Uh, how do we help kids understand bad arguments and what to do about them? Um, I think too is, is somewhere where maybe apologetics by itself doesn't necessarily go. Um, so not only do we need to teach them that, we also need to teach them how to argue right in a good way, mm-hmm. how to have a dialogue, mm-hmm. um, honest conversation, and uh, how to handle it when people aren't. Yeah. Yeah. So many different places that we can go, and that's why this is a whole series, and uh, <laughs> you'll hear more about those. Uh, you've listed off a number of really fantastic resources for us. Um, anything that you haven't listed yet that you would suggest for folks? Oh my goodness. Um, one I love is Situational Ethics. Um, that is, um, the book I have is uh, Dr. John Warwick Montgomery. He is um, the the leader of the uh, academy um, over in, in France. Um, he did a debate with Joseph Fletcher on, um, on ethics. How, um, when, when there seems to be no right answer, um, and is it is the lesser of two evils still mm-hmm. evil? Mm-hmm. I think this this book, while it, it addresses things from you know a, f- a fair amount of time ago, um, is really great for today. Just helping mm-hmm. people understand today we don't ever want to call anything wrong because that's mean. You don't be mean and tell someone that they're wrong um, unless you're Christian. Then you then you can be called wrong. Doesn't that seem right, weird right. to you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, but truth is relative. That is going to be an apologetics issue we need to address. Um, Evil is not evil anymore. It's just someone's personal preference. So I think situational ethics really helped me understand that it's okay. Um, In in certain situations, there's going to be no good, unsinful thing we can do. Um, And so what do we do? We do the the lesser of two evils and then we confess our sins. Um, so I think we actually just brought up this book in our class. We were talking about um, uh, whether or not you can participate in something in the medical field mm. um, or or we, we live in a military community. So can you participate in an assassination? Mm. Um, and, uh, you know, they the kids brought up Hitler because that's the easy mm-hmm. one, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so can you participate in a plot to kill Hitler? Um, and, you know, taking out Hitler, you're saving a lot of people and you're ending evil. And so is that a sin? And um, uh, it was an interesting conversation, but waters can get murky for the kids sometimes. And at the end of the day, we said, murder is murder. It's a sin. Um, And they said, but it's going to be a bigger sin to um, let him live. And he's just going to kill tons and tons of people, right? And I said, okay, well, it might be a bigger sin in your eyes, you know, when you're weighing out these things, but is it still a sin? And they're like, well, I guess it is. So I said, so what do you do? They could not, they could not answer the question um, fully. So um, I think eventually we got to a point where they said, well, maybe we would not do it and God could take care of it some other way. Okay, well, mm-hmm. that's, that's trusting in a sovereign God, I suppose. Yeah, mm-hmm. yep. Um, and some kids said, well, I think I'd probably do it. And I said, and then what would you do Sunday morning? Uh, and they go, well, 
I come here. Yep. And do what? <laughs> First off, yeah. hit your knees mm-hmm. and confess your sins. Mm-hmm. And that would be one of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, just helping kids process some of these mm-hmm. big, hard, mm-hmm. sticky mm-hmm. situations. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, how do we speak the truth and how do we speak it in love? What does it mean to love someone? Can you actually be loving if you're letting them do something dangerous for their bodies, their souls, their their moral future or for other people's lives? So having those sorts of conversations, I think really sparks a lot of creative energy. Mm-hmm. And I think that really drives me. I, I always took my cues in leadership um, in, in our church from my students. What issues were they dealing with? Mm-hmm. What hangups were were they, you know, what were they stuck on? And we would craft our ministry to address their issues in real mm-hmm. time. So um, when you say, you know, what would you suggest people start with? I would say, ask. pull your kids, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. pull them, ask them what they're coming up against or what questions mm-hmm. they have mm-hmm. and start reading on those topics mm-hmm. right away. Um, and um, And also don't assume that you have to be the one to teach all of this draw off of the greater community, um, especially with Zoom. Right. We could we could bring people in from all over the country. We have resources in our church body that um, we we could be using farther and wider than we, we are now. And so I really appreciate you guys bringing this this these topics to mm-hmm. light and you know beaming them out all, yeah. all to all of us <laughs> so we can have these sorts of conversations and and build one another up and, mm-hmm. and sharpen one another. But yeah, whoo, mm, a lot. There's a lot. Yeah, it there. is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Well, we're so grateful that you were able to be here and join us. Thanks so much for sharing your expertise and your, your heart and passion for uh, helping young people. Well, thank you so much for having me. I just want, can, may I say one last thing? Absolutely. Uh, just to everyone who's listening, you're obviously um, to to have made it all the way through this this <laughs> conversation with really thick, I mean, there's a lot of thick stuff and it yeah. goes in so yeah. many different directions. Mm-hmm. Um, you obviously care very, very deeply about um, the gospel, getting out, about young people today, making sure they know the Lord and mm-hmm. that they're equipped for life. Mm-hmm. So I just wanna say thank you. Thank you for the work that you do. Keep going. It is hard and it is worth it. Um, and... Uh, just know that you're prayed for. You're prayed for by um, your fellow laborers in the <laughs> Lord. You're prayed for by um, the leaders that our church body have, have given you. And um, you're doing amazing work. So one day you will hear good and faithful yes. servant yes. from yeah. the Lord's <laughs> lips himself. So until then, persevere, keep going, never stop learning, and just know you are loved by your Savior and your fellow Christians. So good job and, and keep up the good work. Awesome. Well, I'm ready to go to France. I don't know about you. I mean, little, I'm always ready to go to France. Little assignment, little learn apologetics. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like a good plan. Be good. Oh, for apologetics? Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. also that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that too. We'll get yeah. that in. Yeah, no, great to have Faith with us in the studio um, and talk about, again, that role of apologetics. Um, just so important, I think, for so many young people in today's world. I, I appreciate how you know, we talk about the thing that you're not going to maybe be able to instill. I mean, I wish I had all the knowledge that could possibly be known about apologetics um, as an adult. You're not going to be able to instill that all in the youth, but at least to be able to say the church cared about and prepared me for some of this stuff and that the church does have answers. The scriptures has answers. Our history has answers. Um, and so that's a, a great thing to start talking about, I think, with young people where it fits into your Christian education plans. Yeah. And it, more and more, we are seeing from young people the need for them to be able to um, not just get good information from our church, which they need. And we want to we want to fill them mm-hmm. with with God's word and understanding of that and our understanding of our doctrine, but also 
being able to filter through the thousands and thousands right. and thousands of pieces of information they get every day mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and the arguments that they got from the people they care about who are close to them or people who are a part of their work or their school or their sports um, to be able to know what's a good argument, what's a bad argument, mm-hmm. <laughs> what's, mm-hmm. a, what's a good fact, what's a bad fact. How do I discern um, when somebody is uh, somebody's worldview or how do I discern um, how to how to come at mm-hmm. a conversation in a way um, that is grace filled and hope filled, but also um, doesn't fall uh, prey to some of the traps mm-hmm. that we can set for each other. Yep. If you're looking for a place to start, uh, again, uh, we say here a lot, appreciate what Faith said about start asking your youth um, or maybe parents if they're trying to engage their young people, their kids in conversation about what are those topics that they want to learn more about or maybe have questions in their faith, uh, especially if you do have a open enough conversation where they can be honest. You can be honest with them about the challenges that are there, but also they can be honest with you about maybe where their faith is being pushed on or just places where maybe they feel they're lacking in knowledge. Um, it's a great place to start with them themselves to see what would really interest them, what would engage them um, and give you some direction of where you want to start. Yeah. And being able to remind them and maybe remind us a little bit too that it's it's not always about having to win the argument. Mm-hmm. Right? I think when we think apologetics or at least when I, I did growing up, like I was really focused on, okay, well, this is going to tell me how to win the argument. Mm-hmm. Um, and while we do want to be able to stand up for our faith, really, I love that she talks about wanting to win for a hearing for the gospel. Yeah. And and that's a much messier, much more long-term <laughs> mm-hmm. scenario than just winning an argument because anybody can do that or lots of people can. But winning a hearing for the gospel is a whole mm. different thing. Yeah, I think we talked about this with uh, Joe and Brad too, is that I think sometimes uh, apologetics was thought as evangelism and sometimes as much it's about Again, supporting the faithful um, to be able to just feel strong and confident in our faith and the history of it and the scriptural reference to it and connection to it. Um, so that, again, it's not necessarily always an external thing, but internal too, uh, to just help us dig into those scriptures and understand, again, our faith and uh, our confession. So it's a great way too there to just give that confidence for young people as they go out into a world that is going to bring them a lot of questions or maybe push back to their faith. Yeah. There is uh, so much to dive in here. We've only gotten two episodes yeah, right. in, and I feel like we could do uh, so many more. So I'm glad we're we're still in the middle of this series. Uh, so some closing questions for you to consider: How are you helping young people to know bad arguments and how to respond to them? In regard to apologetics or Bible studies, how are you actively engaging with young people or their parents to determine the best topics on which to focus? And finally, how are you walking alongside youth as they move into college and adult life where they will face more challenges? We will continue to keep you in our prayers as you support young people as they face challenges of the world and as you equip them to give a reason for the hope that they have. Engels Podcast is a production of LCMS Youth Ministry and KFUO Radio. To find out more about LCMS Youth Ministry or to find links to resources mentioned, go to kfuo.org slash youth ministry. Thank you for listening and caring for the young people of our church.